Welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get out your Bible and open up the notes app on your phone as we jump into God's word with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. And welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm excited about today's episode. In 2019, one of the requests that I got was for more of my life testimonies. So I'm excited to share uh, a powerful testimony with you today. I have a guest with me, and that guest is my amazing father, Joseph Itai, and he is joining us today. So we're going to get started in just a minute. So get out your Bible, grab your coffee, grab a pen and a notebook in case you want to jot anything down and we're going to get into God's word. Before we do, though, make sure that you take a minute and that you subscribe to this podcast, that you could leave a comment, let us know how you enjoy it. You can also screenshot, let us know that you're watching. You could tag us at L Ministries and at Joey Miller. Speaking of Joey Miller, check out the Joey Miller website, joeymiller.co. You can go there and there's actually a place on the, on the, on the website for the podcast that has a companion note. So, it's a blog post that uh, summarizes the, the podcast. You can re-listen to it. And it also has some interactive questions that you can answer and kind of take it a step further. So check out joeymiller.co for that. And also, while you're on the site, check out all of the Mrs. Rev merchandise, anointed to do hard things, sweatshirts, every darn day t-shirts, uh, everything that you can think of, uh, hats, all that great stuff is there at the at, for Mrs. Rev on joeymiller.co. So check that out today. Well, we're going to get into the word, and it is my great privilege to have my hero, my father. We've always had great times together, Dad. I remember being little, and everything that I know about leadership and just even about uh, integrity, I remember, uh, you know, going back through my memories and driving with you to school and you'd have a word of the day or a leadership lesson every day going to school, you'd say, what, what does procrastination mean? And, and then you'd have a little saying to go with it. Or I remember being little and, and just watching you just be a man of integrity. And I remember one time we were in Hill's department store. You probably don't remember this, but there was a woman with kids in front of you and she couldn't pay for her stuff. And I remember you paid for her things and, and just like just what a pillar and a man of integrity that you've always been in my life. So I'm excited to have you with me today to preach God's word. Are you excited mm. to be here? Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, uh, I want to share a powerful testimony uh, that happened in my life that really, uh, you know, I think of often and I thank God for his miraculous miracle working power. And this is a day in my life that I will never, ever forget. And I'm sure you will never forget. It was pivotal. And uh, the day was May 26, 2008. And uh, it was a Memorial Day that year. And, uh, you know, we almost lost you, Dad. Mm -hmm. And this was um, a time period. My mother had died uh, suddenly, uh, tragically, just almost six months to the to the day earlier, she passed away on November twenty seventh, two thousand and seven. So this is May, the following May, almost to six months to the day that my mother had passed away. Uh, our family was, you know, just healing from that. I in in March of that year, I had had a miscarriage, so it was just a really, uh, you know, just a, a difficult time for our family. And and I remember. May 26th, I remember having a conversation with you on the phone. I remember what I was doing. I was 
uh, you know, just cleaning the house and playing with the kids. And we were going to have a birthday party or a Memorial Day party later that day. And I remember talking to you and you said, oh, I'm going to you know, go outside and do some yard work. And uh, little did we know our lives were going to change in a big way. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast because there's power in testimony. Yes. And I don't know that you've ever officially testified about what happened to you in the yard that day. But, you know, God needs the glory for what he did and his miracle working power. So I wanted to bring you on because you're amazing and I love you. Mm -hmm. But also just to give you an opportunity to share this testimony with me that we could together give thanks to God and just encourage other people to operate uh, in the realm of faith and how God changes things, even things that we seem uh, would seem impossible to us, that God uh, makes a way where there is no way. So with all that being said, I want to open it up to you just to share your testimony and then we'll talk about it as well yes it's um really a great testimony and um um what would actually happen is i had a neighbor um who just moved into the house across the street and her name was hope believe it or not and i um well i was uh I took the ladder out. I was going to clean the gutters out, you know, before we went over to Joey's house for a birthday party for Addison. And uh, I needed a bucket, so I walked down to my shed, and I got a bucket from the shed. And I walked back up to where the ladder was, and I was about to climb the ladder to clean the gutter. And the next thing I know, I was in a hospital. And uh, I'll have to let Joey fill you in on what happened around that time because I was out cold. I I didn't know nothing. I I was blue. You know, I was Don and Joey. Yeah, so what happened that day was uh, I got a phone call. I was cleaning the house, and I got a phone call from my sister, and she said, you need to come now. And um, little did I know, uh, my father was going to go up on the the gutter to clean out the gutter and he had had a massive heart attack in the the front yard of his house and he he was blue the neighbor coincidentally who had just moved in a month ago knew cpr and happens to be on her porch at just that time and she ran over and she started administering cpr uh, to him at that point now let me tell you nobody was out it was like desolate so it was a miracle that she was even out on her porch at that mm-hmm. moment let alone someone who knew cpr and somebody who came to help so i get the call from my sister and at that point i didn't know what had happened and like i said before we had just gone through a series of six months of hell pretty much uh with with just different circumstances that were happening we were just planning a church and and i could just feel like this spiritual attack and and you know i was you know wrestling through things with the lord and just really fighting the fight of faith and i remember getting that call and and my husband said do you want me to come with you all she said was it's dad you need to come And I remember as clear as day where my car keys were. And I said, no, I'm going alone. And in my mind's eye, in in my spirit, as I went for my keys, in my mind's eye, it was like I was picking up a sword. And I knew that this attack that I had been experiencing like was becoming personal, like it was an attack of the enemy. And it became this like personal fight of faith. At this point, I wasn't waiting for some pastor to fight for me. I wasn't waiting for my husband to even fight for me. I was mad in this spirit. And I remember finding out about my mom's death six months prior. And I remember being 
angry because not angry at God, just mad in general. Like I didn't have a fighting chance. Like, of course, when we went to the hospital, we prayed that the Lord would resurrect her from uh, the, you know, bring her back to life. But I felt like I, I she was gone before I could even contend in faith for her. And so I just knew in my spirit this was not going to go down the same way. So I jumped in the car. And at that point, you lived about five minutes from me. Yes. And still not knowing the details, all she said was, you need to come, it's dad. And praying in the spirit the whole way there. Now, let me tell you this. You know, I jumped in the car. I don't even know if I had shoes on. Uh, and, and in the natural, you had your pajamas on. I had my pajamas on mm-hmm. still. I was cleaning, taking care of the kids. And in the natural elements, the physical elements, my body was trying to black out. As I was driving there, I could feel myself wanting to get faint. And I just remember pressing in and praying in the spirit. I didn't know what what to pray for. Is, is the Bible talks about, you know, uh, in, in Corinthians, you know, it says that the spirit gives utterance and praise when we don't know what to pray, that it that it prays through us. Actually, it's in Romans 8.26. It says, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but by the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So I didn't know what was going on my natural physical body was like checking out because of all the trauma that we had been through it was like just trying to black out and I just remember like just digging in and praying in the spirit and I'm telling you that's what got me from my house to my dad's house when I pulled in uh, I, I didn't know what it was going on I saw police cars I saw ambulance I saw all of our neighbors gathered in the front yard and it was just like the spirit of God came upon me and I jumped out. My sister was crying. Uh, I jumped out and I ran over to the paramedics and I said, get out of the way. Yeah, she did. And, uh, you know, they did, believe it or not. They got out of the way. They moved. Who in the right mind being in the medical field when someone's basically dead, you know, trying to save his life um, would actually move. But that's the authority that we have in the spirit. And so. I remember just, you know, still praying in the spirit. And I, I told everyone to move out of the way. And I saw my dad laying there. And he was blue, blue, and barely breathing. You barely had a pulse. You were, like, doing that tipnic breathing that almost sounded like like mm. just a strange uh, sound. And I remember getting down over your chest. And I remember saying, you will live and you will not die. And speaking that into your spirit. And I remember just declaring that over you and just praying in the spirit. I mean, it talk about being like an out of the closet spirit filled Christian. Like I was praying in the spirit, like all the paramedics, all of our neighbors, like I did not care. And I remember just feeling like, because people would ask me like what my sister was like, what was going through your mind at that moment? Because mm-hmm. there was no crying. There was no panic. It was like, get out of the way. I'm going to see God move in this situation. Like there was one thing I knew was that my will was completely lined up with the father's will in heaven. That's what Roman says that when we pray in the spirit, our will aligns with the father's will in heaven. I was so one with him that I had no doubt that things were going to go down any other way. There was no alternate ending to the circumstance that was going down in that yard that day other than that he was going to live. Now, just to rewind a little bit, um, 
at that time, there was a revival going on in the United States, and there were testimonies coming in of, of the dead being raised and people being healed from the dead. And I remember, of course, when I went to Bible school and just being Bible full gospel believing, yes, yes, we believe God can resurrect the dead. And, and, but this fresh testimony, um, just like probably a week or so prior was like fresh on my mind. And I remember, you probably don't remember this, mm-hmm. but I remember visiting with you in your kitchen. And I remember sharing that testimony with you. And, and I was thinking back on that day and I was thinking it was neat how I had, the Lord had allowed that, that, that fresh faith for that to be in me. And then also to speak it to you, whether mm-hmm. you, you know, received it in your mind or whatever you did with it, like speaking it and then being in that situation in your front yard, like declaring to you, you shall live and not die. You mm-hmm. were speaking life over you. And, and I just remember, like, I couldn't describe it at the time until later that I really unpacked it in the word of God. It was almost like I had gone up to like a different level or uh, a different perspective. It was like I was not looking at the situation from the natural. It was like I was with God up in heaven looking down at the situation. You know, we call that now a God kind of faith that we don't look at things through what's possible in the earthly natural realm. But when you have a God kind of faith, you look at the situation, how God sees it. And so it was just this overwhelming uh, beyond my comprehension, beyond any piece, piece that I could give myself, just this power that was released and just this fully confidence. When you read in the Bible in Hebrews 11 about being fully confident in God, and that's the definition of faith, trusting him completely, that's the best way that I could explain it. I was fully confident that he was going to live and that he wasn't going to die and that the enemy was not going to have another victory in my family. And so, uh, you know, just just operating in that realm and then just going back and realizing that actually, you know, it was the gift of faith in operation. And we'll dive into that in a little bit that we're going to kind of go back to the testimony of the story of what happened. Mm-hmm. So um, they they had him. Uh, they said, you know, we, we, he barely has a pulse, life speaking life over him. They said, we're going to put him in the ambulance. And we're going to try to get him to the hospital. And um, they said, we can't guarantee you that he'll be alive when you arrive at the hospital. And so, um, you know, they took him and just praying in the spirit the whole way to the hospital. And we actually beat the ambulance to the hospital. And when, when they got him there, they were saying, you know what, he's he has a very weak pulse, but it's still there and that's all I needed that is all I, I said that you know and and every time they would come to us and give us a report it was like that gift of faith and operation that that it wasn't uh, something that was planting doubt in us it was like okay now I know how I have to speak and what I have to activate my faith and what I have to believe God for so they get him in there uh, they they uh put him on a breathing tube. They try to get him stable a little bit. So at that point, he's hooked up to breathing machines. And, and they said, we have him stabilized enough that he has a very weak pulse, but he has had a massive heart attack. And to, that he had even got to the hospital was a miracle because most of the time, the paramedics said, and you can even speak you into know, this. My doctor also said, a uh, person that usually goes over New York and does not make it uh, I know they had, I, I don't know this, but they said they had me on ice at the hospital for two days. And uh, there could have been a number of things could have happened. I could have been brain dead. I could have died. But Joey definitely saved my life, and there's no, there's no if, wars, or buts about it. She uh, actually saved me. Mm-hmm. 
God's so good. More than one way. <laughs> Even in faith. Yeah. Amen. But and yeah, we were in the hospital and the doctor, who has been a lifelong friend of ours, came in and said, I am so sorry. He pulled us into a consultation room, the doctor that had been with us through losing my mother, through me losing the baby. Um, now was sitting with us in this room and he said, I am so sorry. He's like, I don't know how your family's going to get through this. Um, basically saying he was, if he did make it, if his breathing would ever come back, if he wouldn't make it, he would most likely be brain dead uh, because the amount of time that he was without oxygen. So he said, we're going to go ahead and put him in uh, CCU, ICU, if that's what, you know, intensive care, uh, critical care, and, and we're going to put him on ice to try to preserve his organs, try to preserve his, uh, just so we could see what's going on. And so, um, you know, just, just being there in that place and just taking it uh, to the Lord every time, not letting fear, doubt, unbelief, crying, what are we going to do? This is horrible. No. Okay. Well, then we have to believe that his mind is completely whole and just obtaining by faith in that confidence, that gift of faith when I felt like I had nothing to give. When my physical body wanted to check out and pass out and exit the situation because of the stress and trauma, the gift of faith was in operation in my life. You know, the Bible talks about the gift of faith in, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. It talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. And it talks about one of those gifts is the gift of faith to the believer. Now, we all operate in faith. We all have a measure of faith, the Bible says. And, uh, you know, we all operate in faith, and it's a progression, and it grows. But this day, even, even though I, I was a faith-filled believer, there was something different that I was operating in. And it was one of these gifts, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And we see it in the Bible in operation in the book of Daniel when Daniel went into the lion's den and he was among all the lions and his dominance to take control of this situation and not be in fear, to, to have authority over the situation, the gift of faith upon his life, the gift of faith that allowed him to sleep in the midst of lions and know that he was going to be fine, not to operate in doubt and unbelief and worry and fear. The same gift of faith that we see in 1 Samuel 17 with young David going onto the field with Goliath. Not that in his natural uh, circumstances he could do that in his own strength. It was the gift of faith that he obtained and he took over. He dominated the situation through the spirit of God, having a God kind of faith to see the situation through God's eyes. And so that was what came upon me that day. Thank the Lord for the gifts of the spirit in operation in my life. And all I know is that now that I've tasted of it, I'm like, Lord, let me operate from that place of faith on a regular basis. When you see the God and in Romans four, you know, it talks about the God who it says, uh, in Romans 4, chapter 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as it had been told. And it says that he wasn't weakened in faith. He considered his own body, which was as good as dead, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew stronger in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God would do what he had promised. And it said that is why his faith had counted him as righteous. And so, you know, the God who can bring the things that are dead back to life, 
The things that the God who makes the impossible become possible. You obtain those things through a God kind of faith, through the gift of faith, the gift of God put on your life to be able to see things, not from your natural perspective of worry and fear and doubt. And what if this doesn't happen? And what if this doesn't turn out the way that I want it to? But to see it from God's perspective of there is no other option. Like your will lined up with God's will is a powerful thing. Let me say that again. Your will in unity with God's will is a powerful, unstoppable force. And that's really what happened that day. And I remember, you know, I remember them putting you on ice and saying, well, we're going to run, you know, EKG, EEG, all of these things to Mm -hmm. see, is there any brain activity? You know, there's a chance that he's sitting there breathing, but he's completely brain dead. And, And so all of these reports, as they would come trickling into us, you know, we would just, I would take them to the Lord and I would say, no, this, this situation is not going to end up, I'm not going to be a daughter without either parents at age 27. You know, it's not going to end up this way. And, you know, instead, I could have let doubt, I could have been like, well, I lost my mom. And, and, you know, so that's just, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. I could have been a victim and been like, oh, feeling bad for myself. Like, oh, you know, where is God in all of this? Now I'm just a, a child, you know, a, a parentless child in my early twenties. And, 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 you know, no, I was like, you know what, this is, I was ticked off at the devil. And I said, this is not going to go down. My will's lined up with the will of the father. And we're going to see him walk in health and wholeness. And he's going to have a long life. And, and I'm going to enjoy many years with my father. And so it's been 11 years, 11 yeah. years. And, yeah. and you woke up in the hospital room. Yes, I did. Uh, when I came conscious, I had this big tube going down my throat. I didn't know, I didn't know where I was or what had happened. But one thing I do remember is that Wherever I was, I was in a peaceful place, a really peaceful place. And, uh, and, and the thought that went through my mind was, oh, my God, i got to go through all this again, <laughs> you know, because it was so peaceful. But You thought uh, you had your ticket out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Joey saved my life, and um, it's really unbelievable, and I never— I didn't get brain damage anyway. So. <laughs> Sharper than ever, Dad. So. Yeah. But, but, you know, and so it went on and you had um, a quadruple bypass surgery, yes. open heart surgery, just believing God in faith the whole time for, for all of, uh, you know, good report after good report and came through that. It's been 11 years now. Yes. And um, so how did that moment mark you? How did that day, May 26, 2008, Mark you. Well, it's always said to my memory, and um, you know, I like I said, I really felt peaceful. I mean, being wherever I was, um, you know. But um, you know, I have to thank you for praying for me uh, because once once I went down in the yard, I uh, I wasn't even conscious before I fell, you know, to the ground, and I mean, I was out before I hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And everything after that was just blank, except for what the paramedics and some of the other people had filled in the gaps and told me what happened. But um, you know, I'm I'm thankful, and I I uh, really appreciate Jesus and my Holy Spirit and God. You know, I talk to them every day, and and I have a good relationship with my Holy Spirit and also God and everything, and He's done so many things for me in all my years of being on this earth, you know, that I 
I can never, never ever thank him for what he's done in my life. Mm. And uh, I just love him. That's awesome, Dad. That's awesome, you know. And it's been amazing to see, you know, what you would have, what, you know, what the enemy would have stolen from you and from me if you would have died that day 11 years ago. You know, since then you think about all the things that have happened. You know, you've had two more grandchildren. Yes. Getting ready to see your oldest grandson graduate from high school, you know, and just uh, the faithfulness of God and uh, and just continuing with a long life, he'll satisfy you. And yes. and so the paramedics would actually stop back at the house yes, and talk they did. to you. So yeah, they, they would stop and they would fill me in on what had happened that particular day. And uh, uh, it was amazing. Like I said, I, I have no memory after I fell. I don't remember Joey doing what she did, only what they tell me that she done. What did the paramedics tell you? Yeah, the paramedics <laughs> verified her story. They told her, she told them to get away, you know, and she started praying to God, and and uh, God answered her prayer. That's right. Well, as far as I'm concerned, she's my miracle worker. Uh, well, the Lord is faithful, and you're a walking miracle, yes. and we thank God for that often. And, you know, just... Once you experience something like that, you know, you, you want to operate in that realm of faith. So whatever circumstance, whatever obstacle, whatever trial, whatever, it, not even bad things, whatever you just want to obtain by faith this year, really challenge yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to be a person who lives by faith. I'm going to grow that measure of faith inside of me. I'm going to operate in the gift of faith. You know, I'm going to operate in uh, obtain that uh, which God has for me to, to obtain. And, you know, uh, of course, without getting into a whole teaching on the gift of faith, you know, it's one of the power gifts, one of the nine power gifts that the Bible talks about. And and really understanding that it's it's through faith that, that we see the impossibilities of God become possible in your life. So get in the word this year, grow your faith, be encouraged, renew your mind. Uh, read stories of God's power, miracle working power. I really believe that fresh testimony into my spirit of God raising the dead and then speaking that into him. I really believe that was a a big part of what happened that day, that fresh faith for that to come alive in the midst of all of the doubt, uh, uh, all of the things that we had experienced the last six months. We didn't let those experiences define our faith, but we may, we, we, I, I, pressed into who God is and and let that define my faith rather than circumstances. And when you did, when you do that, when my will accessing uh, the will of the father through praying in the spirit, when my flesh was becoming weak, just pressing in and getting your will in alignment with God's will, no doubt, no doubt. And then you're going to see the miraculous happen in 2020. So that's one of my favorite testimonies that I wanted to share with you on the Mrs. Rev podcast. I pray that you're encouraged. I pray that your faith is built. I pray that you're encouraged not to become a victim of the past or any situation that you wouldn't let it define you, but that you continue to obtain and take by faith everything that God has for you in 2020. And I'm going to continue to give thanks for my wonderful dad who has continued to to be a pillar of strength for us. We love you so much, dad. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you. You did awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we love you so much and we will see you next time on the Mrs. Rev podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. If you could help us out, 
do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a rating and a review. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave any of your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev podcast.